0: Helping disciple-makers ignite a movement locally and globally. This is the Disciple First Podcast. Now, here's your host, Craig Etheridge.
1: Welcome to the Disciple First Podcast. It's a podcast by disciple-makers and for disciple-makers. And today I'm here with Debbie Scheller. Uh, Debbie is a women's ministry disciple making team leader at Southeast Christian Church in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, by training, she is a registered nurse and an exercise psychologist, but by calling, she is a passionate follower of Jesus. Her life and ministry was changed dramatically when she began to study the methods and the model of Jesus' life. And this radical change caused her to focus on Jesus' style of disciple making for the method and model of women's ministry. So Debbie is here talking to us today about women's ministry and how to make disciples and make disciples in that context. Debbie has been married to Greg for 23 years and is a spiritual mom to many, many young women. And so Debbie, thank you so much for coming uh, on the program.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Oh, I'm really excited to hear uh, what you're going to have to say today, because we're talking about women's ministry, and uh, not not all women's ministries are necessarily disciple-making ministries. Isn't that right?
0: That is true. In fact, our ministry here, when I first came on board, I would not have described it as a disciple-making ministry. It was a a really great ministry, and uh, we had good things that were happening, but it was primarily a, um, a Bible study-driven uh, ministry that really relied on what was the, the latest uh, Bible study that was being produced, and good stuff, really good stuff, but not necessarily disciple-making. And so uh, that shift Really happened when I started studying the life of Christ and his his um, model methods and uh, really uh, I will say it really messed me up because I started to realize that goodness we needed to do some things differently and uh, and sometimes doing things differently is not always easy uh, that was uh, uh, kind of a big big change for us but we uh, over the last eight years, so it's not something that happened quickly, uh, and I would say we're still in progress. Uh, we have really learned what it means to, uh, to look at Jesus, what He did, and ask those questions as we um, frame uh, what we're doing. And so we still have Bible studies, but even within that Bible study context, how do we uh, really look like Jesus in multiplying our lives and uh, looking at his life in how we uh, just structure and format and really even just asking the right kinds of questions about, does this look like Jesus? So, um, so yeah, so we had to ask ourselves some tough questions, and uh, we started to really look at um, you know, the idea of um, what was our goal? What was our purpose? And obviously, we wanted to look more like Jesus, so we started asking questions about clarity. You know, is everyone on board? Do they know um, what we're aiming for? Uh, that uh, Do they know why we exist? Do they know why the Church exists? And really having to unpack the Great Commission and looking at that being a verse that really summarized Jesus' life and ministry. And then then also having to ask questions about movement. Uh, are we moving women forward as disciples who make disciples, or are they coming and, and kind of being stuck? And I think for uh, a lot of us, we realized we uh, were doing good things, but in a lot of ways, we were stuck just um, kind of doing the same old thing. So the movement, really learning how to assess and, um, I think, ask more challenging questions and really look at disciple-making as a journey as opposed to um, we've arrived. So uh, And then we really also looked at uh, alignment. So we looked at clarity. We looked at movement. We looked at alignment. You know, do all of our activities or programs or events, what have you, do they move us? Toward disciple making, or do they distract from it? Um, we often say that um, we're not necessarily, you know, as as staff, um, not necessarily here to um, to give them what they want, but really believing that we're entrusted to help them arrive at what they need. So, uh, so that alignment and. Um, and then, and then focus, uh, you know, are we easily swayed or are we laser-focused? And realizing that uh, there are a lot of things that we were doing that was maybe busy work, and, um, and so realizing that you cannot do everything to the glory of God. And so really that, that um, having to, to pare down. And so those four words, clarity, movement, alignment, focus, those uh, have been words that we've really talked about we've We also really just had to think in terms of our leaders and how do we how do we train them? How do we help them you know get on board to this so um so anyway, so we uh, you know we just knew that that in that clarity piece that you know people women cannot engage in a strategy uh, and or a mission that they don't understand. So we had to really uh, be very repetitive. You know, it's like vision leaks. We know that. And so we had to just continue to, to talk about the, the mission, the vision, and continue to talk about uh, just the, the process of how Jesus made disciples, he made disciples, and and making that relevant in, in terms of um, you know, where the women were and helping them learn how to assess women. And so that just meant, like I said, that clarity of really um, talking about it a lot.
1: You know, Debbie, a lot of times people will, especially in women's ministry, I think this is probably true in men's ministry as well, is that um, they'll say, well, you know, we're doing Bible studies, so we're making disciples, right? Because we're doing Bible studies. Have you heard that uh, response?
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think that we also, I, I think we felt like that. We felt like, well, we're doing a really good thing, and how can we how can we discount Bible study? Uh, and yet what we found was, um, you know, we would barely get started into a new Bible study, and women would say, okay, well, what are we going to do next? What are we going to do next? And so there was this sense that, number one, we just didn't know how to even rest in the sufficiency of what God was teaching us right in that moment. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that really became apparent is that oftentimes we have this quest for knowledge that we're not necessarily, um, we're not necessarily transforming lives. Our lives aren't being transformed. So the 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 knowledge superseded the transformation. And um I had I'd heard someone say one time that, um you know, that our, our our knowledge or our information had far surpassed our obedience. Wow. And, yeah, that was really hard because I realized, yes, that's where we can often be. The other thing that's hard about that, uh, you know, Bible study is that it's good, and there are really... Uh, Good Bible studies, but we also found that that for our women, these uh, these Bible studies that we were doing have tremendously gifted, well orchestrated um, communicators. You know, Bible study teachers. You know, the video driven that are fabulous. But what they did is they made us passive, and and so it was we would just come sit and soak. Mm-hmm. and so um, we have a, a uh, kind of a benediction that we do uh, each week that we kind of just say we have you know gathered here today to soak in God's word now we scatter to go proclaim his word mm-hmm. just that reminder we do that every week just that reminder of ladies this is it is for you but it's also for us to, to give away and so, how are we giving that away? Who are you sharing this with? Um, The other thing we started doing, to be perfectly honest, is we started writing our own curriculum. And um, because we felt like uh, that we needed to uh, even kind of frame the questions in such a way, number one, that it would um, align with our our church and, and what we're trying to accomplish, you know, from that mission and vision, but also because we um, could really frame the questions in a more disciple-making way. You know, who are you investing in? How, you know, what level of accountability do you have? Go and share this with two people, those kinds of questions. So we would, we have framed our, our curriculum in uh, encourage questions, equip questions, and empower, and then so each week there's a level of accountability with those empower questions, and the empower questions are: How are we sharing this with others? How are we putting this into practice in our everyday lives? So it's it's application, yes, but it also is um, multiplication types of questions, and um, and that's been that's been challenging because that is. A paradigm shift for, um, for uh, especially our ladies who had um, been with us for a really long time. Our new ladies, the young ladies, they have been on fire with this, and so we're really seeing um, we're seeing women who are being transformed, and and it's really natural for them now to start investing in other women. They're looking for opportunities. Their eyes are open. To who God has placed in their uh in their sphere of influence, and so um so it seems more natural for our um some of our the newer ladies or some of the younger ladies um, but some of our more seasoned ladies are coming around as well i uh, it just uh, i I had just actually had lunch with a, a friend who is in that category, and you know she just said how um how God has changed her through being. Challenged in new ways, challenged to invest in, and so um, and she's really being able to see God use her in that, and so uh, I think that's exciting because that's what Jesus did as well. Uh, he he sent them out and then he brought them back in and and they kind of discussed what what uh, what happened and so this whole idea of an apprentice and so we do that as well. We really have. Um, We have more of an apprentice type of uh, setup for our our leaders, and so they're always apprenticing someone. We're always, you know, asking them to um, have eyes to see who's popping and not just for a leadership role, but who is popping in the sense that they could begin to invest in someone else. Mm -hmm. And so where we used to always look at, uh, like, who can now lead another small group table, it's not just about that. It has to be about how can I invest in other women. So we um, we're also really giving them lots of opportunities to um, uh, to be involved in our. Uh, we have what we call a first step room. So those are for folks who maybe are coming for the uh, you know coming forward and um, and they need somebody to journey with them. Our women are now starting to look in that way, like. Okay, I want to journey with someone. Who can I journey with? And uh, and that's a big deal because that just wasn't happening in our the old more traditional um, women's ministry. And uh, so we're really we're we're excited uh, about that. We're excited about how when you get women into um, into the Gospels and into Jesus' life and ministry, they have ahas. So it's not as if you're having to kind of beat them over the head with it. They really do get it because they're, they see it's Jesus. And um, so it's not Debbie Scheller telling you that. It's not even our church telling you that. It's Jesus. And when they see that, uh, it changes everything. And so... Uh, so the other thing that we really had to to look at in that 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 idea of you know all churches we kind of can get into that where we're just doing programs mm-hmm. and we really started to ask our ladies let's not look at it as programs but let's look at it as steps um, because programs are typically used for um, you know to to meet a, a social need or or. Or um you know, what do they need as opposed to um, a step I think is is part of that journey. It's more like, okay, here are some goals we want to to meet. what uh, where do we want people to be? What do we want them to become? And how can we uh, you know, along with the, the the work of the Holy Spirit, how can we help them to get there? And so uh, I, I'm sure that uh, you're, you're familiar with that the four chairs, but just that idea of what Jesus did is he kind of, the come and see, then follow me, and then he went, follow me and I will make you fishers of men, and then he said, go and bear much fruit. And so we really look at those words of Jesus as these are the steps that we want to help women walk through. And um, not everyone's going to get there, uh, but a lot of women, once again, once they see uh, Jesus' life and ministry in this way, they become really excited. And um, so, yeah, so that has, has worked. That's really what, what we're doing here. Uh, it's still easy to rabbit trail because, uh, you know, there are a lot of good ideas, but not all of them are great ideas. Uh, because not all of them will take us where we try, where we're going we want to go. And so, you know, we have to evaluate everything. We have to ask the right kinds of, you know, questions. We have to ask, well, why would we do that? How does that align with Jesus' life and ministry? Um, we've had to be really, uh, I think, dogged also in our language, really using, um, making sure that we have that common language that we're all um, talking that same same talk. And then I'm fortunate I have um, a couple of ladies who work with me that are on staff here, and so we're we're constantly challenging ourselves and saying, okay, well, who are we investing in? Because if we don't have our own disciple-making stories, then uh, we lose that credibility as we are encouraging and challenging our women to to be disciple-makers. And so we are constantly having to even ask ourselves now why Why am I doing that? Why did I Why did I decide to do that? Because now I don't have the margin to do the one thing that Jesus told us to do, and that's to go and make disciples. So, Debbie, so, if
1: if, um, if if somebody that's listening to this program came and just observed uh, the women's ministry there. What would it look like? When when do women gather? What are the what do those groups look like? How does multiplication happen?
0: Uh, well, one of the things, and, and I'll just kind of give a little history. One of the things that we did a, a number of years ago, we uh, we started calling ourselves um, "Real Women." Uh, that's kind of our our branding, "Real Women," and we say "Real Women, True Stories, Amazing God," and. So one of the things that really started to happen with the Real Women, True Stories, Amazing God, we started to put a lot of emphasis on stories and helping women craft their stories. So uh, we we used to do uh, we used to do Bible studies, uh, you know, Tuesday morning, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, Wednesday night, Thursday morning. So we would have a, a variety of things, and so it was more of a you know, of a buffet, and they could kind of choose. And we, we decided a couple of years ago that we were going to do one thing. Uh, and, and so in that one thing, we, we meet on Wednesday mornings, and we meet on Wednesday nights, and uh, we start out with worship, and, and we talk about, uh, you know, why worship, and then, um, then we have um, testimonies. And I think that that, for our ministry in particular, became a very powerful tool, number one, to create a really safe place. Uh, Not only a safe place, but it was a place where it was okay to be really messy. And so those are two things that in our ministry uh, that we started to do. We, in the beginning, we walked through the book of Ephesians. The other thing we really wanted to do uh, when we wrote this curriculum is we wanted to make the curriculum such that they would be able to give them really um, transferable skills so they wouldn't be dependent upon a workbook, but that they could be in a coffee shop and they could be across, you know, a table with a friend and say, you're not going to believe what I just learned. Let me show you this. Or, um, and so making it relatable making it transferable by just the, the kinds of questions that, that we asked. So the curriculum didn't have commentary. It wasn't like we were putting our spin on it. It just gave them tools to ask the right kinds of questions. That kind of thing is multipliable. You can multiply your life when you are learning just the, the, the skill of asking good questions and then listening. And so those were two things, really. Um, but then we also, because we started to ask the questions um, in terms of, hey, go and share. Now let's hear your story. So now women were going to um, uh, Ford is a, is is big here. We have two plants here. In we have women who work at the Ford truck planter. And and so now they started uh, having groups that they were meeting at the, the Ford plant, or they were um, – uh, just inviting women into just doing life, doing relationship. And then that gave them the opportunity to start sharing things. And now women are coming to them. And so making it applicable to their everyday lives, whether it's in their neighborhood, their workplace maybe they're a soccer mom and they're on the you know the uh, sidelines of their kids you know games and they are able to just do life and learn how to ask really great questions and then really listen so i think it's interesting because um you know we're dependent on facebook and a lot of social media but in a lot of ways we're more awkward socially than we ever have been and and so giving them permission, number one, to take the masks off and be real, and then learn how to just do relationship. Because that's one of the things that Jesus did. He did relationships. He um, spent time with them. And so challenging women in that regard, number one, to kind of free up their schedule, but also to see the moments that they do have, So if it's the moments at work, in the moments on the soccer field, the moments even in their home, uh, we've done a lot of things to say, no, leverage your home. That is the most underused disciple-making environment. Leverage your home. And so um, challenging them in that way, but then bringing them back to say, okay, now share your stories. Tell us about that. And when other women start to hear those kinds of things, that excites them because they go, oh, I can do that. It demystifies disciple making, and I think that that in the beginning was was one of our obstacles. Um, it seemed a lot harder than what it really really is. So, um, so yeah. So does that uh, hopefully that that answered your, your question? Yeah. We really, we we draw them in together, but then we we send them out to, to scatter, and then we really share stories and um then we've also I will tell you just an, another environment that we've created we have something we call imitate and those are those ladies who are involved in imitate are ladies that was kind of shoulder tapped and um we we made a point to not meet here at the church we've made a point to meet inside their homes or to meet in local parks, or we've we've gone to you know parts of town that have been um, typically not areas that they would have maybe gone to, but um, just to open our eyes uh, to you know what is happening in our community to give them a heart for our community, we um, we've done prayer walks. That way, we uh, went out to a local park once again, a park that, that actually none of the ladies had been to because it's not in a, an area of town that, that they would have naturally been drawn to. Um, and we practiced solitude, and we, we talked about that. We spent time in the, in the Gospels to look at the way that Jesus prayed, and we have um, it's called the Big Four Bridge that bridges uh, over Kentucky to, to Indiana. And we just said, as the Spirit leads you, Uh, We went two by two. As the Spirit leads you, uh, ask somebody that you see how you can pray for them. Let them know you're just praying as you walk across this bridge, and if there's any way that we can pray for them. So giving them experiential opportunities has been huge also, Um, because I think that people want to—I think they want to be obedient, I think, Um, but I think um, we—they don't know how. So giving them opportunities in community has um, really freed them up, really giving them, um, like I said, just that freedom to go, oh, okay, this is what this looks like. So practicing even some of those spiritual disciplines together mm-hmm. in community and then, um, but then also sending them out and then asking them to do the very thing that we did. Now you go and, and choose some ladies that you're going to do this with. And then we'll come back, you know, in a couple of weeks and talk about
1: that. So, um, so De- know, I, I, Debbie, let me let me uh, jump in here and ask you a question. If if you yeah. if you were talking to um, a woman that is leading a women's ministry now and she says, man, we're just kind of stuck in doing the same old Bible studies and, and like you said, kind of being passive, not really engaging the women there's not really any vision for multiplication um or or these kind of practicing these things together um how how would you advise her to begin to turn that corner
0: i think the first thing is um i I think you have to, to, to pray obviously i think that's the first step is that you begin to just really pray with a great fervency that um that the the Lord would um, just really open up our eyes to to Jesus' ways. Um, But then I would, you know, obviously uh, that prayer, I would be very intentional about just taking a core group. And and I remember uh, a number of years ago doing this. I had asked the Lord to give me names. Give me names of women who... uh, are uh, that I know that are maybe, maybe they are involved in our ministry. Maybe they're not. They're just give me names of, of women who uh, you would like me to begin to invest in. And over a three month period, and that's one of the things I would say, it takes a long time, but the Lord gave me names. And, and over that period of time, um, I had written down, I think 12 names. And then over that time, a couple names kind of came off and then a couple other names, uh, you know, we'll put on the list. Ended up with these names, and I ended up asking these ladies, uh, after about three months of just praying, asking these ladies if they would join me in something that I just said, it's not a Bible study, it's it's a lifestyle, and was very, you know, intentional on in saying, yes, We're there there is going to be a, a curriculum that we're going to kind of use, but let it be known that we won't, we'll open up our Bibles more than we'll open up the book. I want you to do the curriculum, but I want us to be able to come and have, you know, discussion and really allow the scriptures to guide us. And so really in that, we looked at the life and ministry of Jesus. So I think, you know, prayer, uh, asking God to give you names of who are those ladies that are really uh, you know, popping to and, and so when I did that I asked these ladies and I said, Hey, this is what I this is the commitment that I'm gonna ask you for. Uh there's there here's the expectation that I have of this. And and so I think putting the expectation out there in advance as well is huge because those ladies, I gave them the opportunity to pray, I gave them time, and then when I followed circle back around, um, there were several of them that said, you know, I'm, I'm not in a position to do that. You know, that's, that's not what I can do. And so I was like, this is great. That's fine. Uh, and so so we went forward with the ladies who did have a yes in their spirit. And, and it, was, it was great because those are women who are now, they're disciple makers. They're doing it. Now, are they coming to um, the Southeast on a weekly basis? In a group, no, because they're out there in their everyday lives making disciples who make disciples, and so their life is a is there's much fruit from their life, and I think that that's one of the um, the hard things also is we think that it's will always show up, you know, on a Wednesday morning, nine thirty to eleven thirty, so. I think advising someone, I would say be open to something that looks really different, but you have to invest in a small group of women, and you have to, uh, I think, set up the expectation from the very beginning. Go through the life and ministry of Christ. I am uh, always taking a group of ladies through the, um, the harmony of the gospel, and Really looking at Jesus' life and ministry, and then saying, "Okay, well, what does this look like in our context? What does this look like in your life?" And so, when we can put that into real practice, we can see that, lay that out. Then it gives you a new vision for how to do ministry. How to do ministry. Um, the other thing I think is you have to, once again, you have to get out of the church walls. I think a lot of times and do things in community uh, that are experiential. So what was Jesus doing? So one one of the times we just went through, we just, we used the book of Luke and uh, we just looked at all the different times that we saw Jesus in prayer, some just different ways that he prayed and, 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 and different um, just scenarios. And then we're like, okay, this is the model for prayer. So let's talk about how do we pray. And, um, and so looking at, at, the, the text as, as a model, I think it's revolutionary, because most of us just look at it as a message, um, and the message is wonderful, it is great, uh, but we have a lot to learn from if we ask the questions, okay, what was Jesus doing, and then how should we do that? If this is what Jesus was doing, then how should we do this? And that changes everything. That changes how you start to, to think about ministry. Mm-hmm. So those are the things I would pray. I would ask God to give me names. I would invest in those those women. I would go through the life uh, and ministry of Christ. That is probably the one thing that was the most substantial, because our, so many of our women were like, oh, I'd never heard that. Oh, I didn't know. And definitely now, you know, women will describe our ministry as a a Jesus-focused, Jesus-centric ministry.
1: Amen. And, well, I tell yeah, you what, that's, well, that's, what that's what we want for every ministry, right, is a Jesus-focused, Jesus-centric Ministry. And maybe you're listening in and uh, you are leading a women's ministry, or maybe you're a, a pastor and you have a women's ministry uh, that you, is under your direction, and you really want to find out more about how to make it a Jesus centered ministry, a ministry like Jesus then I want to encourage you to uh, go to DiscipleFirst.com where you can find uh, other resources just like this podcast and hear more from Debbie. Also, you can go to TheFlashpointConference.com, flashpointsconference.com, where you can get a hold of people just like Debbie and listen to her in person and ask her questions and, and learn from practitioners like her that are actually doing it. In the local church. So, DiscipleFirst.com or the FlashpointConference.com, these are great resources for you. And uh, until then, uh, go and make disciples.